I may not live to see our glory. I may not live to see our glory. But I've seen wonders great and small. I've seen wonders great and small. Cause if the tomcat can get married, if Alexander can get married, there's hope for our ass after all. With a glass to freedom. Hello and welcome to the podcast where it happens. It's another Hamilton podcast. It's the last Hamilton podcast you'll ever need. I'm your co-host, Marcelo Pico, and with me, my co-host is Paul Smith. Hey, Paul. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me back, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I, mean, I could be here again. <laughs> you are essential to this. I mean, it, uh, I, I honestly could not do this alone. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is episode episode two <laughs> yes, yeah. of the podcast, yes. It, uh, having an episode zero threw us off, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did, because technically this is like episode three, but no, no, this is episode two. Episode zero, um, at the time of this recording, a lot of people have enjoyed, I've gotten great feedback on. Uh, that was the episode where you just heard our backgrounds, where we stood on Hamilton, the, the pop culture uh, icon that it is. Um, just to recap a bit, yes, I am new to Hamilton. Um, this is, I mean, I, I'm chronicling my first time listening to Hamilton, uh, the the soundtrack, uh, the cast recording, and Paul. I mean, Paul, give the people a quick background on your relationship with Hamilton. I am not new to Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> this this is not my first time uh, with Hamilton. So I I am the obsessed Uber fan who is listened to the original cast recording um, over a hundred times. I, I don't know an exact count, somewhere between 100 and 200 times probably. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm the rabid freak of the podcast <laughs> and Marcelo is the one who is dipping his toes slowly. Yes, very slowly. Um, I'll just say uh, some of these I've only listened to maybe a handful of times, some of these songs, um, and we'll definitely get into that in uh, this episode and in the, in the next episode especially. But yes, I'm very much fresh uh, into this whole world. Um, recap, of, uh, recap of episode one, uh, we we went through the first, uh, how many songs? One, eight. Two, first eight songs. First eight songs. I, I was going to say, for each one of these episodes, we should do a, a, like a, a previously on, so... <laughs> So oh, like, that's true. <laughs> like, like, where did we leave off? Since, uh, since you're listening to this basically as we go, um, like, like each one of these episodes we record is sort of like you're just getting the next bit of the story. So, so you like you don't know where it's going beyond where what we're recording tonight. So, like, uh, like where where did we leave? Or do you want me to tell you where we left off? Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Um, and, and also, I should say, Paul was the one who broke these episodes down uh, into uh, like almost perfect, like succinct, episodic, uh, 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 like like selections. So, yeah, yeah. And, and we'll talk about it in this episode and the next episode. Uh, you did a great job. Again, I have to say, thank you. I'll I'll take uh, all the praise you want to heap on me, but really, uh, you know, all credit goes to Lin Manuel Miranda for <laughs> for writing a genius play that can actually break down this way. But, uh, so previously on Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, we did the first eight tracks, uh, and that took us up through... Uh, uh, the eighth track was Right Hand Man. Basically, we met all of our uh, primary cast, uh, and we followed uh, young Alexander Hamilton as he 
uh, survived a, a pretty horrible childhood uh, in the Caribbean and then made his way to New York where he uh, got an education and he met Aaron Burr and he made some friends in the in the budding revolution. He met uh, Lafayette and uh, Lawrence and Hercules Mulligan. Those are like his three best friends. Um, and uh, let's see, what else happened? We, we got a very brief introduction to the Schuyler sisters, Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy Schuyler. Um, those women will play an important role going forward. We heard just a little bit from King George, the song You'll Be Back, where he was... He, he wrote a, a, a love letter, basically, to the United States, or to the, to the colonies, um, saying that, uh, you know, we, ha- we had a good thing going. Why are you trying to break up with me? Um, I I love you and I'll prove it by completely destroying you basically is what that song was about. And we ended with right hand man, which is where uh, Hamilton achieves what at the time he feels like is his goal. He, he is accepted into the ranks of general George Washington's army. He, He has a position at the right hand of the founding father. Exactly, and that's where he left off. Um, a good cliffhanger, um, <laughs> like putting Hamilton right there in that position, kind of where, like you said, where he wanted to be, and then boom, uh, that's the end of that selection of songs. That that episode one, and now we're on to episode two. Um, so, Paul, do you want to dive into it? I mean, is there anything else we need to cover before we uh, get into the selection of songs? Um, I, I don't think so. We'll we'll let people know if you're following along with us at the pace that we're doing this. Uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss tracks 9 through 17. So we're going to start with A Winter's Ball, and the last song in this episode that we're going to discuss is That Would Be Enough. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're covering in this episode episode two so why don't we dive into it um let me play uh here it is um a winter's ball song nine watch this obnoxious arrogant loud mouth bother be seated at the right hand of the father washington hires hamilton right on sight but Hamilton still wants to fight, not right. Now Hamilton's skill with the quill is undeniable, but what do we have in common? We're reliable with the ladies. There are so many to the Okay, so that was a little selection of A Winter's Ball, the first song in this selection of episodes. Um, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I wish I could um, uh, play it and also talk about the one part of the song I like when... <laughs> Well, it, it's Burr, right? He go, yeah. he well, he sets up. It's it, it, um, it very much calls back to that first song, right? That we hear at the beginning of Hamilton, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it opens with the Burr narration. Uh, how does a bastard orphan son of a whore? It, the the very first song in the entire uh, musical opens that way, and so does this one. Right, right. So it it, it very much follows that same um, the same beats, the same lyrical structure, and then. <laughs> uh, then he goes, but what do we have in common? Uh, we're reliable with the ladies. <laughs> yep. That's one part I guess I didn't expect. But yes, this is very much where they're moving on to um, their relationships with the said ladies, <laughs> uh, which which really much um, it really goes into like the next song after this, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, but I like how, yeah, I mean, I mean, like you were saying, Paul, uh, it, it's credit to. Uh, the songwriters to Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh, how he in Act One kind of divides. It's a, it's it's kind of like a three act p- 
play in Act 1, right? It is, yeah. And uh, I've said before that Act 2 doesn't break down quite as smoothly. There's not quite as obvious a place for for these breaks in Act 2, but uh, I think I've pulled it off. But yeah, in Act 1, Lin did the lion's share of the work. He did the heavy lifting by having... (laughs) There's actually... Spoiler alert! The first song that we're going to discuss in Episode 3 also opens up with a variation on the burr uh, how does a bastard orphan? Um, so it was pretty easy to break up Act One this way. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, as of this recording, I have not listened to any of Act Two, so I'm interested to see how that breakdown goes. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to pull it off, Paul. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I like that this uh, this song calls back to that first song that we heard at the very beginning of Hamilton. Um, and yeah, and, and like I was saying in Episode One. Uh, Yes, so far so good. I am enjoying this musical. (laughs) I'm very much invested in in what's happening with the story and with these characters. Um, Yeah, this is is Hamilton at the height of his cockiness. Like, uh, in in episode one, the songs we discussed, obviously it was him as as a struggling young man and he was really enthusiastic and he wanted to make something of himself, but he was still, he was still struggling. And here, you know, he, now he's got a job in Washington's cabinet and, uh, he's got these great friends and here's a winter's ball with all these lovely ladies. So yeah, this is Hamilton at his most cocksure. That's why this, this whole song is about them being reliable with the ladies. Yeah. This is, this is the, uh, the bachelor party song kind of, yeah, and, and it cracks me up. Um, it, it, it's a very uh, very short song, a minute and ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it it uh, does a good job of about uh, coming coming off of right hand man. Like, yes, it's it's uh, like they're diving into to war and in, in, into the war struggle. Like it's it's a little heavy song, and then we go into a little more lighthearted stuff with Winter's Ball. Um, that I, I'm very much enjoying. Then we go into uh, more of uh, I, I, I guess in the next song they're still in in the winter's ball. We're still uh, mm-hmm. yeah. A, win- a winter's ball is just sort of setting the stage, and then the next song is is what happens there. Yeah. Yes, uh, and that next song is uh, song ten, uh, helpless. Here we go. So that was a little bit of Helpless, uh, Song 10. Uh, yeah, um, it, it, it starts with um, the ladies uh, singing. Uh, yeah, this is we, this is a full-on introduction to Eliza Schuyler now. We, we met the three Schuyler sisters in, in the previous episode, but uh, this is like her full standalone song. Right, yeah, exactly. And it very much, let me open up my notes because I did write notes. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 Eliza's song. It's very much a love song, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get my facts right. <laughs> uh, I, I love how she opens it up. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just reading through some of these lyrics. Uh, I mean, just just her. She like she understands like uh, where Hamilton is coming from. Like it, it's obvious. Like she knows like his story, and he does. And there's a section of the song where he goes into his backstory once again, in case you know, people need re- uh, reminding. Um, let me jump to his part just for a bit. 
he goes, Eliza, I don't have a dollar. Uh, I don't have a dollar to my name, an acre of land, a troop to command, a dollop of fame. All I have uh, is my honor. Uh, and, and, and then he goes on. Says, yeah, it's just it's it's courting. Like they're basically courting each other. Yeah, this is actually this song. It actually covers quite a bit of time. Uh, I mean, the song is short, but it spans you know months of courtship. Basically, like it it kind of it plays out as if this is this it's a party and they meet and they fall in love and they get married right there. But obviously the song covers a certain amount of time. This is, this is the, the meet cute story of the two. Um, because actually, um, Angelica Schuyler, Eliza's older sister is the one that introduces them. Angelica meets him first and then brings him over, uh, to her sister. So that's how they meet. And then there's the whole courtship with them writing letters back and forth. And then of course the song leads up to, the the blessed event the the, the wedding so ah uh, so yeah that that's interesting because as as I was listening to this it did feel like it was all well I ask you this since you saw it on stage um, does it all play out at like like uh, a a that winter's ball or do you or does the the scenery change uh, to show the path the passage of time well again there's not a, there's not a lot in the way of actual scenery on the stage the 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 backdrop and the the surrounding sort of shell of the stage. Um, evokes an atmosphere really the only setting on the stage are the actors and sometimes maybe props that they carry with them um but it's pretty easy to follow it, it, as you're watching it performed like uh the whole meeting hamilton uh like being introduced and uh that kind of happens at the winter's ball and then some of the actors step off stage and some more come on and it you can just tell that the setting changes a little bit as uh eliza goes into the the verse where she's talking about um uh you know uh writing letters back and forth to him that's sort of the next period of time in the song and then that leads into him meeting her father and asking for her father's blessing and that's like the the final setting Oh, okay, so. yeah. yeah. And and speaking of, of that, of, of getting the Father's Blessing, that, that's another aspect of the song I like. Um, I, I like some of these lyrics where Eliza, she sings about um, like Hamilton meeting her father. Uh, you're asking for his blessing. I'm dying inside as you whine and dine. I'm trying not to cry. Let's see, there's one line I really liked. Um, oh, yeah, because there's nothing that your mind can't do. Like, she has a lot of confidence in him. Like, she, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she knows Hamilton will you know, slay <laughs> and, 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 and gets, you know, that approval and like, yeah, she very much believes in him, which, which is, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's all credit to like that love story between them I, again. Uh, and this is a thing that'll get brought up in, in other songs as we continue. But, um, one of the strengths of Hamilton, the, uh, I mean, the actual historical, uh, figure of Hamilton, but also particularly the, the character of Hamilton within this play, um, is that he is a writer par excellence. Like he is, he is a writer without peer. He wrote his way out of a horrible situation in the Caribbean. Like he, he, there's no one better in the, the world of this play with using words than Alexander Hamilton. And that is reflected in the way that he courts her by writing all these letters that, that they mention that again later, you'll hear more reference to like how powerful his letters to her were and all that. But uh, yeah, that is his, that's his shtick aside from just being like super enthusiastic and, and um, refusing to wait, refusing to like take his time. He just wants to make something of himself. Uh, there's just the fact that he is a writer and he uses the word like better than anybody else 
at right, the time. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And yeah, we'll we'll talk about like how that plays into his um, his professional career, and again into his love life. Like later on, I I wrote down notes of like where that comes up, and I'm like, oh, that's actually. And it's interesting how it plays <laughs> into the song and, and, and later on. Yeah. And there's a, there's something I, I, I want to say about um, the use of words just in the play itself, but I'll wait till after we're, when we start talking about the next song, because both of these songs do a similar thing. So Right, yeah. Um, actually, I mean, I, I, I think I covered everything I needed to cover in this song. I, I do like that it's a love story, and I'm very much connected with it. Um, so, so far, so good, Paul. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm I'm invested in these characters, and in the next song, it throws on another layer of what's happening in that relationship uh, life with uh, Hamilton. Um, so why don't we jump into that one? Um, song eleven, satisfied. I remember that night. I just might forget that night for the rest of my days. I remember those soldier boys stripping over themselves to win our praise. I remember that dream like candlelight, like a dream that you can quite place. But I. Okay, so that was song 11, Satisfied. Um, a lot going on in this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just looked back at the at the time. Uh, it is 5 minutes, 30 seconds. It's one of the longer songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like you were saying, it, um, like the courtship happens in song 10. And then we go into song 11, where the actual wedding happens, right? Uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence introduces Angelica, the maid of honor. And Angelica... Um, is there to toast the groom, the bride, uh, and it goes into another layer of the, of, of the relationship. So apparently, Angelica is also in love with Hamilton. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, and then, um, so so jumping ahead a bit, one of my favorite parts of this song is where uh, she goes. Um, it rewinds. It goes back to that night where they originally met, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that uh, that musical uh, beat, whatever it is, the the musical change. Uh-huh. I think it does like... Uh, sort of the uh, rewind effect, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that rewind effect. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how you, what you call it. That's, uh, it's, that is one of the very few like uh, pre-recorded elements that they use um, on the in the stage performance. There's a, a 10-piece orchestra that's actually underneath the stage you actually can't see them at the stage um they're underneath the stage but they do all the music live except for a couple of things here or there and that that sort of rewind effect is one of the very few pre-recorded things they couldn't figure out how to do that with instruments every night <laughs> oh that's, <laughs> that's that's interesting i i i wonder if like uh it could be pulled off like on stage uh, but yeah th- th- i think they're smart too have that pre-recorded. Um, well, I, w- I want to get your take just as a first-time listener to this song before I tell you some of the magic that goes on on stage while they're doing it. Uh, you're talking about, you know, I wonder if there's a way that they can pull it off. Uh, there, there's some amazing stuff about this song and the performance of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, my take on it, I, <laughs> um, me being, I mean, I know enough about history, but <clears throat> this again proves to be an entertaining. Uh, uh, play uh, uh, an entertaining uh, work of art, but also 
I guess it. Uh, I'm guessing it's also his, uh, historically most of it very accurate. So I, I do like uh, learning about this, and I'm guessing it's true, right? Like there, there was a, a romance between Angelica and Hamilton and, and her sister Eliza. So there, there has been an implied uh, romance. It's historians can't quite agree on what level the sort of flirtation between Angelica and and Alexander actually took. Um, some people think, oh, absolutely, there was something going on between them. Because the letters that they share with, between each other exist and can be read and everything. And a lot of people are like, he's just as flowery and flirtatious when he writes to Angelica as he is when he writes to Eliza. So clearly there was something going on. And other people are like, no, they were just, you know, they were just being friendly or whatever. So there's a certain debate about how close those two really were. Uh, yeah. And so maybe... This is like, um, yeah, I, I I can see that though. Or yes, there may have been a romance, but maybe not. But um, I, I think it works. In, uh, it obviously works in this play. If even if is it, it is a bit fictionalized, but it it is very much emotionally. Um, I, I, there's a connection there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least at least in the play, like I I can see it working for the uh, story wise. Uh, but yeah, there's a love triangle going on in this play. And yeah, I I definitely connected with it. Uh, the the longing, the the understanding of that Angelica has that yes, um, I mean she understands nothing can happen between them, right? Because like she's uh, right. her sister is married to Hamilton, so there's that longing there. Yeah, and and that's one of the sort of tragic elements of this song is that she like in this song she explains the whole thing of you know my okay. I wasn't going to call this out because I don't want to point out historical inaccuracies in the, in this play. I would say that this play is probably 80 to 90% historically accurate as best as we can determine. But there are certain liberties that Lin-Manuel took. Um, one of them is like in this song, Angelica sings about, um, you know, my father had no son. So I'm the one that has to, to social climb. Basically she's talking about why she can't, she's coming up with excuses why she can't marry Hamilton, why she, lets her sister marry him because she Hamilton is a, is a poor boy. Like she can't marry him because she needs to, she needs to find a man with money. She needs to marry someone of her social status. Um, in reality, she was already married when she met Alexander Hamilton. So that element has been played with. And also the line where she says, my father has no son. So I'm the one that has to social climb for one. That is also not true there. He did have plenty of sons. (laughs) Angelica had lots of brothers. So (laughs) just for the storytelling purposes, it works better. But in reality, that's not actually what was going down. Ah, so there you go. Uh, Fact checking from, (laughs) from (laughs) that that doesn't happen a lot. There's he, he, he plays fast and loose with very few details, I think, um, just for the purpose of making a more compelling story. But. Do you think this is like maybe the most that he's? Uh, well, I guess not to spoil things, but do, do you think this is the one aspect of it that he's um, maybe fictionalized the most, or is there something else that will pop up later? Uh, there's a couple more things. I think this is the one that that most um, like casual historians are like but wait a minute no there were there were lots of there were lots of Skylar's sons why would she sing that line yeah but okay anyways it's an interesting tidbit but it doesn't take away from the actual story. no no I'll no i'll say that um but yeah i mean that's 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 what i take away from it um 
All right. Well, I, I, I want to tell you, so you already, you obviously picked up just from listening to it, the whole rewind thing. You hear the rewind effect and that it yeah. goes back. To, and basically this is retelling the events that um, Eliza sang about only from Angelica's point of view. Right. On the stage, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but on the stage, they, there's a, a rotating turntable built into the floor of the stage. Have we discussed right. this? I think so, but yeah, but, but but get back into it in case people forgot. Yeah, uh, the, so there, it's actually a double turntable. So there's a turntable that can spin one direction, and then inside that is another turntable that can spin the other direction. And uh, they use that for various effects. Um, it's, a, it's a small stage at the, the Richard Rogers Theater. It's a pretty small venue, and the stage is pretty small, so there's not a lot of movement you can get from one side of the stage to the other, and they use this turntable to, to mess with that sometimes. You can have characters actually walking and talking um, without needing to actually walk across stage with that. Uh, but the, the whole reason that was there is because uh, choreographer Andy Blagenbuehler did the choreography for this entire production. Uh, he, th- he thought that it would be amazing to actually physically rewind all of the characters and all of the props and that back through the events of helpless back to when they first met and reset everybody where they were at the beginning, beginning of helpless and then, t- and then continue forward telling it from Angelica's point of view. So when it reaches that point, when she says rewind and you hear that rewind effect, the stage actually rewinds. All the actors actually walk backwards through their positions. They, they perform their actions in reverse all the way through the previous song. Oh, wow. See, I'm glad you brought that up because that was, but that's what I was visualizing in my mind. Um, this is last time uh, listening to it. Um, right before we started recording, I re-listened to all this and yeah, I, I pictured that. I was like, how, I guess I thought it'd be great if they actually pulled that off. And yeah, from the sound of it, uh, from the sound of uh, how you described it, it's, it seems like they did. So it's pretty amazing. It's yeah, pretty it's amazing. Fascinating. I'm I'm so happy. I mean, <laughs> we're we're a few songs in, and I'm already you know kind of jealous of people who have seen it on stage, and I <laughs> I kind of want to now. <laughs> and and this is me just having listened to the first act. So I haven't listened to any of Act Two, folks. So. You, you never know. Maybe tides will turn. Maybe I'll end up hating this. But so far, <laughs> I <laughs> I am interested in seeing it live. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to hear about that on stage. But how they pulled it off? Awesome. Uh, uh, quickly before we move on, I wanted to say something about the use of words. Yeah. Um, what uh, I think in the last episode, I talked about how I love the fact that this. I think I used the phrase. Um, fractal storytelling or whatever, or like a lyrical origami is another word I've used to describe this because all the songs like fold in on themselves and it mirrors things that go back. Anyways, it's incredible. The, the detail that goes into the writing. And one example of that are the way some of these words are used. Uh, like specifically my shot variations on the phrase, my shot, are used throughout the play to mean various things. Um, we're going to talk about it in a few songs, I think. Yeah. Um, but helpless and satisfied are also two more words that come will come up repeatedly to mean different things. Like helpless, um, some of the meanings that we get from that are, you know, it, it, it refers to the helplessness of falling in love. Um, it refers to Hamilton's fear of being helpless um, and his sort of his hangups with the death of his mother because he basically lied next, you know, in, in the opening song we hear how he, they were both sick and he was lying in bed next to her as she expired. And so he, 
the notion of helplessness and, and women who experience helplessness is kind of a kryptonite for for um, uh, Hamilton. So that's one word that gets used multiple ways throughout the course of the play. And satisfied is another where it's it can mean different things. Like obviously, it can mean you know the satisfaction just in life. It can mean sexual satisfaction, uh, and it's also a term that gets used in duels. There's the whole notion of um, the whole reason to have a duel with someone is to is to be satisfied. Like, are the are the terms of this duel satisfied or whatever? So, just some examples of of how words are called out in one song and can mean something totally different in another song. Yeah, exactly, and and that's uh, from having listened to all I've listened to. I'll just say that I I really do appreciate that. I love those callbacks. Um, is what I can plainly call them. I'm sure there's more eloquent ways of saying that, <laughs> like uh, lyrical touchstones that come mm-hmm. uh, come up uh, like through the, the, the through these songs, uh, uh, the next few songs in Act One, uh, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> so in the story. Uh yeah, uh I mean uh it ends with Angelica saying, He will never be satisfied, I will never be satisfied. <laughs> so that's the end of that song. Um the longing is there, uh mm-hmm. of course. So that's song eleven. We can move on to song twelve if that's alright. Yeah. Alright, uh song twelve, the story of tonight reprise. Here we go. Well, if it isn't Aaron Burr, sir, I didn't think that you would make it to be sure. Uh, I came to say congratulations for the verse, Burr. I see the whole gang is here. You are the worst, Burr. Ignore them. Congrats to you, Lieutenant Colonel. I wish I had your command instead of Man in George's journal. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Now be sensible from what I hear. You've made yourself indispensable. Well. And that was a little bit of the story of tonight's reprise. Again, speaking of callbacks and 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 uh, going back to lyrics songs we've heard before this we've heard before right Paul? right yeah yeah uh this was um earlier in in episode one we talked about the story of tonight the first instance of the song which was the sort of the the fellowship song it was the brothership song it's where hamilton first meets his three best friends and uh and they develop this bond so this is kind of the this is a callback to that. This is where um, we're reminded of the brothership, uh, and brothership can mean lots of things. And in this case, it means you know uh, teasing uh, their their friend who just got married. Like this is basically the the lewd roast of their friend as he's gotten married. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and and it's also the 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 good group of the close group of friends uh, having to sort of share a scene with Hamilton's other friend who they're not entirely friendly with this is you know this is the the brotherhood having to share a stage with aaron burr and in fact one of my favorite lines in the entire play my wife and i use this line all the time you are the worst burr (laughs) comes from this song uh and (laughs) it's it's interesting that you say like um that burr and hamilton are are friends right At, at this point yeah they are yeah, or they're like work acquaintances, or they—they, they, uh, yeah, they're still, I guess, on on friendly terms. I mean, friendly enough that he shows up at uh, at the bachelor party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess this is just me 
as a first-time listener. I, I still don't think they're... It, it seems like they've always been... There's always been, like, this um, this thing between them. It's not a friendly thing. They, they're, they're, they're still very much rivals, but I guess they're okay with just hanging out with each other. They're, they're kind of frenemies, although at, yeah. this, at this point, I, I think Burr probably feels that more than Hamilton does, because right. especially after where we ended episode one with uh, Right Hand Man. Um, like, that was explicitly... Uh, an instance of Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton, it, it wasn't intentional necessarily on Hamilton's part, but that was the song where, you know, Aaron Burr comes to George Washington to say, Hey, I've got this, I can help you out. I've got these ideas. And just as he's about to start laying out his plans, uh, Hamilton shows up and Burr uh, or Washington's like, well, you know, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Burr. Basically. I want to hear what this kid has to say. Um, you know, Hamilton wasn't, didn't do that intentionally, but that was an instance of Burr being shunted aside for this young kid. Um, so at this point, I think Burr probably feels it a little more than Hamilton. Hamilton probably still thinks like, hey, we're cool, we're cool. Yeah, and and <laughs> I just read through the lyrics, and yeah, this 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 portion I wanted to, 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 to talk about. And again, it's like you're saying, like it's it's Hamilton being like Hamilton like he's he's kind of loud a bit maybe a bit abrasive he really speaks his mind yeah. and Burr's not that um, and it's it's the part where Burr goes into his relationship status um, right uh, where where he says he's in love with this woman who's married and she she's married to a British officer yes <laughs> and I, I love Hamilton's delivery of the line oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Burgos, congrats, Alexander. Smile more again. Another reference to like their conversation from uh, back a few songs ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he goes, "I'll see you on the, on the other side." And then Hamilton goes, "I'll never understand you. If you love this woman, go get her. What are you waiting for?" It's very, it's a very Hamilton thing to say. Just uh, instinctive, you know. If you want something, go get it. Right. Yeah. But Burr is like, well, he just kind of dismisses that, and he goes, I, he, "Again, I'll see you on the, on the other side of the war." And then he goes, then Hamilton goes, "I see you on the, I see you on the other side of the war." So, um, very much staying true to their um, their beliefs, like how they interact with each other. Yeah, that that conflict's still there. Like they're very much friendly, yeah, but it's they're very much the same people <laughs> mm-hmm. to each other. Um, Hamilton tries to give uh, Burr advice, and Burr just goes, "Whatever, I'm going to do it my way." Right. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, that leads us into the next song. Uh Paul, was there anything else you wanted to talk about this, the the reprise before we go back? Uh, no, no, I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, and this next one is Burr just going through some of his uh background to, to his relationship. Uh it's song thirteen, wait for it. Love doesn't discriminate between sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes and we keep loving anyway. We laugh and we if there's a reason I'm by her side So many have tried Then I'm willing to wait for it I'm willing to wait for it And that was song 13, Wait For It uh, Yeah, so it's pretty much a Burr song throughout the whole thing, right? Yeah um, This is this is, um, this is Burr's statement of purpose, basically Right, right uh, the, the opening lines uh, Theodosia, which is um, his... Uh, the woman who he, who he who he's in love with, who mm-hmm. is married to a British officer. Um, I mean, you you get the point. He gets the point across right away. I'm keeping her bed warm while her husband is away. <laughs> right. 
Um, and yeah, uh, he the whole thesis of the song is just wait for it. He he understands that uh, their love is uh, pretty much for forbidden. I mean, it, uh, she's married, and it, it might not work out. But he's waiting for it. He's being hopeful, right? That that's the purpose of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very much. He's going through his own uh, interesting love story, and I, I'm actually glad that this. It's not. Um, it's not a Hamilton song at this point. It's a Burr song, and I'm, I'm very much grateful that we get in, we get a peek behind Burr and uh, his life. Um, it, it's very much a break from Hamilton and more Burr at this point. The, um, I mean, <laughs> I'll just say it not to not to ruin the rest of the play for you because there's there's so much good stuff still coming. But when all is said and done, this is perhaps my favorite song in the entire production. Oh wow. Um, this song, especially like once you've, once you've experienced the entire play, perhaps we'll talk about this in the final episode when we, when we discuss the whole thing as, as one whole, but, uh, fitting it in the context of this, of the larger story, this song is as close to perfection as I think any song has ever gotten. This is one of my favorite songs ever written for any any reason it's just a beautiful statement of purpose it's an incredible so up to this point we've seen obviously like you just described hamilton is very brash he's very impulsive he's very he reaches out and takes what he wants i mean that's just the way he is um like the way he's grown up he sees no reason to sit back and wait for things if you like life is short don't take it for granted get what you want now um that is not burr's perspective Burr, uh, this song explains how, you know, he's willing to, if there's a reason why I'm going to be by this woman's side, despite all of the obstacles in the way, I'm willing to wait for that. You know, if there's a reason why everybody that I love has passed away and I'm still here, I'm willing to wait to find out what that reason is. Uh, it's, it's an incredible, incredible peek inside the mind of this character. Yeah, and um, maybe and not to not to jump ahead, yeah, you know, because uh, uh, people who know history but I haven't listened to Hamilton yet, they'll probably know the the end. Um, <laughs> it, it, it could have very easily turned into Burr being like the bad guy, right? Right. Yeah. But this and you know a few other instances make him to be like a full fledged you know living breathing character. I mean, he was a human being, obviously, but here in the play, here in the story, he's very much somebody who we connect with. Um, and we understand where he's coming from. And this song, for sure, pushes that across. Because um, I can see his point of view. I mean, I, I connect with it emotionally. Uh, some lines, especially, get me pretty hard like, mm-hmm. in in the heart region. Um, but then I also see Hamilton's point of view. Um, I mean, he just said, uh, "I'll never understand you. You go after her," and and I can see that uh, that point of view. But then Burr, his statement here is like, "Well." Like you're saying, Paul. Like if if it was meant to be, then he's willing to wait for it, and and that's what Burr says uh, throughout this song. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful song, um, and, uh, <laughs> and like I said, it, it very much hit me emotionally. Like some of these songs have and will. <laughs> uh, we we can talk about it later too. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like the song a lot, Paul. Um, I, I need I need more listens of this song <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I, I at some point in my life I will have lyrics from this song tattooed on my body. I'm just putting that out there right there right now. So. There you go. It's a podcast exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, a beautiful song. Uh, again, I like that it's a Burr song. 
in, in the midst of Hamilton, the musical. Uh, it's exactly what we need at this point. Um, at this point in the story and in the in the songs. Uh, so yeah, that was song thirteen, Paul. Uh, anything else you want to say? No, no, we can we can keep going. Let's go to song fourteen. Stay alive. I have never seen the general so despondent. I have taken over writing all his correspondence. Congress writes, George, attack the British forces. I shook back, we have resorted to eating our horses. Local merchants deny us equipment, assistance. They only take British money, so sing a song of sixpence. So that was some of song 14, Stay Alive. Um, it's, uh, so, this just popped into my mind. So... So far in Hamilton, there have been like you know love songs, the one we just heard with Burr, or character songs, or uh, it, it's kind of like I don't know, kind of small-minded of me to say, or exposition songs. <laughs> um, this one is an exposition song. It, it turns out because it's very much what's happening right now uh, in the war, uh, laying it all out there, um, and and yeah, it, it just it just gives a lot of details. It's not that it's it's not that it's a bad thing that it, that it's an exposition song, but it's very much um, giving a bit of history and and putting some uh, real emotion to that history. So that's what I get out of this song for sure. Uh, a lot going on, uh, Paul. Uh, like, so what, what exactly is happening in this song? Uh, well, this is the song that bring that reminds us of the stakes, um, right? So, like Hamilton, his whole life has wanted to make something of his, himself. He's found this cause by coming to the the colonies, by moving to America. He's found this cause, this revolution, and he he wants to be a part of it. He's gotten his place at uh, at Washington's side. He is his aide de camp, his right hand man. Um, which, in the, if you remember in that song, he talked about how lots of generals had wanted to hire him. Um, but they, and, and Hamilton kind of scoffed, yeah, to be their secretaries. I don't think so. Like he wants, he wants to fight. Um, but, uh, Washington impressed him and was like, no, you, I need you. You can really help by being my right hand man. You don't need to be a soldier. You can be my, my right hand man. You can handle all of my letters and communications and that kind of stuff. Um, well here we're reminded that now the, the war is still happening. It's, it's, getting more and more intense. Um, Hamilton still wants to fight, uh, but he's doing what he can by writing letters. Um, but, but now he's married, like, you know, uh, so the song, it opens up with Eliza, like, like singing to him, stay alive. That's the reprise of the song. Um, because it's not just him anymore. Like he has, he's starting to build a family now, but he's still, he's still gung ho. He still wants to be a part of this, this uh you know moment in history basically yeah exactly it's it's a whole conflict like as you put it the stakes um and and as i not so eloquently put it uh, this the exposition <laughs> but no it's it, it it i i do like that it it throws a lot out there like well one of my favorite bits is how hamilton uh says instead of instead of promoting me he promotes charles lee and then Lee, and it, Lee goes, "I'm a general." We, right? <laughs> yes, it's hysterical. Yes. <laughs> so this, uh, for all sex, for all for all purposes, uh, this guy Lee is kind of a doofus, right? Yeah. Um, pretty much bad mouths uh, Washington, uh, right? In the song, 
and it leads to a conflict, um, a duel. You know, not not to skip ahead to the next one, but yes, uh, that's where it all leads to. Uh, there's there's um, rancor in, in the midst of this of of, of this war within it. Uh, Within the, the side of Washington, right? Yeah, and not everybody agrees on how best to handle the war. Exactly. And Lawrence, uh, one of Hamilton's best friends, right? Mm-hmm. He he comes in and says, "Hey, uh, I can I can I can duel this guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which which leads us into the next song. But yeah, I I, I like where this is going. Uh, I I am invested in this in this story. Uh, and yeah, we see a duel coming up. Uh, and oh, I guess we can jump into it in the next song, right, uh, Paul? I I, I kind of want to see how this plays out. I kind of want to hear you describe how it plays out on stage, and we'll get to it. Okay. Right now with song fifteen, ten dual commandments. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the ten dual commandments. It's the ten dual commandments. Number one, the challenge demands satisfaction. If they apologize, no need for further action. And that was a little bit from song 15, Ten Dual Commandments. Um, the beginning of the song very much reminds me of something I cannot put my mind on. It's it's uh, the, 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 the lyrics and the, the way they start one, two, three, four. It's like maybe Schoolhouse Rock or something. Is it the, are you thinking of the... Um, I can never remember if it's Sesame Street or Electric Company. It may be Electric Company. I think it was Electric Company that had the. I think it was like the pinball, and it would. It went up to twelve. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I like this song. It very much plays like a modern day, like a Kanye West sampling beats or sampling like old song type of song uh, that's 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 a very uh, simplistic way of putting it <laughs> not, not really because it actually uh, it in, it very directly intentionally pays uh, homage to a song by the notorious B.I.G. who is one of Lynn's favorite uh, it's one of his muses basically uh, he had a song called Ten Crack Commandments oh. which, which was all about laying out you know if you're going to be a crack dealer these are the rules you have to follow and it basically I personally don't think it's as powerful as this song, Ten Dual Commandments. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's sort of the the background for why he wrote this song. So That's very much interesting. Um, I, I had no idea I had that connection. I should really get into more Notorious B.I.G. I, I really did not get into him as a kid. Uh, but I'll definitely listen to that song and compare it to this. Uh, that's very much interesting. But yeah, it goes through, I guess, what you need to do for a duel, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, steps one through ten. Um, uh, pay, uh, basically, I yeah, make peace with God and, and all that. Um, there's payments. There, uh, yeah, all, all, through all the steps, um, unt- uh, un- until the the, con- the conclusion, the actual duel. Uh, Paul, you're going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say again. This is. <laughs> it should not be a spoiler to anybody that ultimately. Hamilton and Burr are going to fight a duel. That's a historical what? fact. That's what. That's. It's the only thing most people know about Hamilton and Burr is that <laughs> they fight a duel. So obviously, that's where the story is leading towards. Um, the reason, like structurally, the reason to have this song in here um, is to to define the the 
the common rules behind dueling that it's to show that duels were even though they were technically illegal like they weren't sanctioned by law um it was it, it was culturally accepted and it was a fairly common thing it's things people it's a thing people did and there were rules that you had to follow and laying them down, having a duel earlier in the play and laying down exactly what those rules are and what the structure of a duel is allows assuming that we ultimately get to the duel that this story is leading to, um, allows the, uh, allows us to focus more on the characters and less on, okay, what are they doing? Why are they doing it this way? Yeah, exactly. Very much plays in like a plot device, like like you said. Like you need to know what a duel is to finally know that about that final conflict. Um, but yes, people, spoiler. Yes, <laughs> there's a duel at the end of Hamilton the play. Um, but yeah, it's very much playful. The song. Um, I mean, they they go through the steps. Uh, it is very much dark. Uh, what they talk about. Leave a note to your next of kin. Tell them where you've been. Pray that hell. Uh, pray that hell or heaven lets you in. Uh, <laughs> again, very much uh, to the tune of um, that. Uh, we can't figure out either Sesame Street or <laughs> or uh, Electric Company like little playful beat in the beginning. Uh, basically, steps towards a duel where uh, chances are one of the people will die. Uh, but what happens at the end of this duel, Paul? Um, th- do we know? Yeah, uh, the 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 result of the duel is revealed here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, let me remind myself. Well, the the this song, Ten Dual Commandments," actually ends on um, on the the number ten paces fire. Oh, okay, so that ends on fire. Yeah. So l- let's not get into who who. Uh, the result of the duel until the next song. But uh, I'll ask you this. Um, how does it play out on stage? Um, I, I mean, unfortunately I've only seen very sadly, I've only seen the production once. So <laughs> some of the, some of the details have, have fallen out of my memory. I can tell you that um, the way that uh, characters are costumed on this, we should mention that the, like all of the main characters, Hamilton, Burr, uh, Lawrence, Lafayette, all, all the, primary characters they are in like full dress costumes with the uh, you know the, the bad guys are wearing the red coats our guys are usually wearing the blue coats and they look very period accurate um although i wanted to, this was a great uh, line that i read um in uh, hamilton the revolution which is the the book that i think i mentioned before right they were uh the costumer was talking about uh, paul Taswell, I think is his name, was talking about the decision, the various stages they went through trying to figure out how are we going to dress these characters? Are they going to be in full period gear? Are they going to be in contemporary gear? What they settled on is uh, period from the neck down, modern from the neck up, meaning that they're wearing period clothing, but they are not wearing all the big elaborate wigs <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, so our main characters are all, are all wearing the very colorful costumes, uniforms, military outfits, the ensemble who are all the just other performers on the stage that are doing like background bits or whatever, or moving props. They are wearing, it's still period appropriate clothing, but all of their clothing is like beige. It's very plain and uncolored. And in, uh, in like scenes where one character fires at another there is often i can't remember the the performer's name but one of the ensemble character one of the ensemble actors will move will look like she is pinching a bullet between her fingers and will move across the stage from one actor towards the other where the bullet is being fired 
Oh, wow. <laughs> so it sounds pretty silly to describe it that way, but the way it's performed on stage is actually very striking. Yeah, again, um, very much interested in seeing this. I am uh, on stage. <laughs> this, uh, I, I do remember, I'm sorry, I do remember this one takes uh, advantage of the turntable again because it's got the, ah. the dual rotating. Uh, so you get the characters circling each other on this turntable um, while they're sort of singing, the, you know, explaining the rules. And then it ultimately ends with them on opposite sides of the stage, stage right, stage left, when they turn and face each other and fire. Ah, uh, interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, but it, it ends on fire. Mm-hmm. And boom, uh, we go into the next song right away. Uh, why don't we go into that next song, Paul? Uh, song 16. Uh, it's the second to last one in this episode. Uh, Meet Me Inside. Lee, do you yield? You shot him in the side. Yes, he yields. I'm satisfied. No, we gotta clear the field. Yo, we won. Here comes the general. This should be fun. What is the meaning of this? Mr. Burke, get a medic for the general. Yes, sir. Lee, you will never agree with me. But believe me, these young men don't speak for me. Thank you for your service. That's right. Hamilton, sir. Meet me inside. So that, that was some of song 16, Meet Me Inside. I was just going to say, I forgot to mention, uh, Burr comes back in, and uh, Burr, uh, in, in the previous song, like he is on the side of, of Lee, right? Mm, he, he uh, yeah, the duelists get to choose their second, who is their, their, their right-hand man for the duel, basically, and, and it just so happens that uh, Burr is the second for uh, Lee, for General Lee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, going back to uh, Song 15 real quick. Burr says, can we agree that... that <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. Burr and Hamilton have this discussion about duels. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, there'll be a duel <laughs> later on. <laughs> Burr goes, can we agree that duels are dumb and immature? And Hamilton goes, sure, but your man has to answer for his words, Burr. Um, yeah. Uh, then Burgos with his life. I mean, we we both know that's absurd. So yeah, um, very very telling. It's a very it, important song. Uh, I mean, and that's historically accurate. Burr uh, Burr was known for believing that duels were actually pointless. Um, in fact, he uh, it, it's not covered in the course of this play, but he actually prevented Hamilton and uh, James Monroe from having a duel at one point. He talked them out of it because he was like, duel, duels are just stupid. There's absolutely no reason to ever have a duel, which is ironic considering what happens. <laughs> Again, um, maybe people don't know the outcome. Maybe, there's, maybe they know they just have a duel. <laughs> Keep it at that if you don't know. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or read a book. Why don't you? <laughs> okay, but going uh, to song 16, uh, right? I mean, it's right after the gunshot. Uh, the gunshots, I should say. Uh, so, so what happens there? Uh, somebody gets shot in the side. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's Lee, right? Yes, Lee gets Lee get shot. So Lawrence... Uh, Lawrence wins the duel because uh, um, he said, and here's the use of the word satisfied. He basically, they ask, you know, do you, do you yield? And Burr Lee can't even answer. He's been shot. So Burr is like, well, you shot him in the side. So yeah, I think he yields. And uh, so, yeah. So, and of course, uh, Washington does not take lightly uh, this situation. Washington did not approve of this whole situation. No, 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 no. Um, uh, I mean, going back uh, two songs real quick. 
to history. No, is it history? Stay, Has it, oh, no, stay wait, alive. I, stay alive. Sorry, I skipped ahead. It's stay alive. Uh, real quick. Washington says, don't do a thing. History will prove him wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is when Lee was bad-mouthing uh, Washington. And, and uh, that was Hamilton was pissed off. He's like, well, you're just going to let him say that shit? And, and Washington was like, you know, I, I can take it. Just let him say what he wants to say. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, we're jumping back and forth between three songs because through these three songs, this one duel plays out. So, mm-hmm. so that, that's why we're jumping back and forth. But yeah, it's, and then w- this is the conclusion. This is where Washington really just has it out with Hamilton because Washington did not want this duel. Uh, and Hamilton just went on and, and, and had it uh, there. And uh, Washington's not too happy. Right. Te- um, technically, technically, Washington told Hamilton not to duel. And Hamilton didn't. Hamilton was Lawrence second. <laughs> Lawrence was the one that had the duel. So technically, this is basically one of those uh, things where the son is like, Dad, you told me, you know, not to... Not to do this, but I didn't. I did this other thing. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. He he kind of got <laughs> got around it, <laughs> which does not uh, it, it, that doesn't fly with Washington. So no, no, no. Um, it's it, it's a great exchange because um, Washington is really trying to r- like rationalize. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to really talk man to man with Hamilton, but he Washington keeps using the word son, like mm-hmm. like son, don't do this. And Hamilton goes, I'm not your son. Um, very much um, a modern way of uh, – what's the phrase? It's – it's. Um, uh, uh, oh, God. I, I can't think of a good way to say this. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Paul, going back to you as I try to uh, get my words together. <laughs> but I, it, it's, a, it's a great exchange because like, like uh, Hamilton – is, is is trying his best to, to sort of connect with Washington here, but Washington is just not saying the right words. Well, it, it's more a case of at this point, Hamilton really just like has his. He's not. He's just not being. Again, he's not being satisfied with this whole notion of sitting on the sidelines writing letters. He wants to be in the war. He wants to see the war effort act, have, you know, an impact, and he just. I mean, he's just so fired up. He's so energetic. He's so gung ho. And Washington is really at, because, and we're going to find out why in the next song that we discuss. But Washington is really just trying to to be logical and trying to to calm him down. He's really trying to make sort of a familial connection with Hamilton, which is it, possibly not the best way <laughs> to get to Hamilton, especially when Hamilton is so worked up like this. Yeah, uh, Hamilton's very much headstrong. Um, he, he just gets uh, caught up with with uh, the, the, the turn of phrase that Washington uses, like "son," and he goes, "I'm just son." And then it, it blows up uh, when Hamilton says, "Call me son one more time." And he doesn't say that. He he shouts it. Yeah, he shouts it, and it stops everything. Yeah. right for like a like a second. Yeah, and then Washington just defeated with the situation says go home alexander uh yeah, ba- the order from your command yeah basically dismisses him from command yeah and th- that's where it ends uh, that song uh hamilton is is off the battlefield why right? mm-hmm. is off the battlefield yep uh to go back home to he's basically grounded <laughs> he's grounded uh and, and I'm, I, I don't know um at this point i'm with washington and I, Hamilton, for me, is just too headstrong, and that's just his, his character, though. 
he he wants to fight. He has that in him, but he just needs he needs a cooler head sometimes. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, that's Hamilton. That's Hamilton. You see, you see how invested I am with these characters now, Paul. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to have a happy ending. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All puppies uh, and rainbows from here on. <laughs> so that was song sixteen. A very much heated uh, fight, essentially between Hamilton and Washington, uh, which ends with, Ham- with Hamilton going back to Eliza, and that's where we go with song seventeen, the final song of this episode. Uh, it is That Would Be Enough song, six, song 17 That Would Be Enough Here we go Look around Look around At how lucky we are To be alive right now Look around Look around And that was a little bit of Song 17 That Would Be Enough um, I'll just say I, I I play these songs like um, I guess folks listening you you don't you don't you won't hear me playing the songs live but you'll play like uh, I'll play like a inserted portion of the song but I don't I don't want to play this song too much here live because I don't want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only going to get worse going forward. I'm just I'm oh, warning man. you right now. Oh man, Paul. Um, so this is another sweet love song between Eliza and Hamilton. Um, I'll just cut to the chase. Yeah, uh, at this point, the most emotional song for me, because oh man, uh, should I even read some of the lyrics? Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> uh, it, well, well, let me just tell you what basically is happening. Eliza is pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And she's very much concerned about Hamilton mm-hmm. and like what he what his desires are. Like yeah. he wants to fight in the war, but Eliza's like, come on. Um, I, I love you. Uh, we're we're going to have a child. Uh, why don't you stay alive? <laughs> right. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Hamilton goes, Will you relish being a poor man's wife, unable to provide for your life? And she goes, I relish being your wife. Oh, man. <laughs> That's That one got me right in the heart. Uh, so, Paul, <laughs> what do you think of this song? <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a heartfelt song. And uh, we... I, we haven't talked about um, the on the original cast recording, which is what we're listening to, what we'll be discussing, the performance that I was fortunate enough to see was the original cast. Uh, Philippa Sue is the actress that performs this, and she is um, absolutely stunning, as are all of the actors in this. Um, but but Philippa, um, as Eliza, is just stunning. Like, on paper, you might not think that she has the most standout role she is like she's not <laughs> she's not in any of the combat scenes she's not the uh the intellectual equal of hamilton which is kind of what um uh angelica was set up to be the whole satisfied the reason why uh, in the song satisfied uh angelica got that that super fast like rap sequence was to demonstrate and and actually part of the whole purpose of that song was to demonstrate that uh, the attraction between Angelica and Hamilton is like intellectual. It's because they're both super smart. Um, that's not the role that Eliza necessarily fills. Not to say she's dumb, but she, that's not her role. Her role, right, is yeah. to, her role is to be the beating heart of this play. And this is where you start to see that she, she's no longer like up till now. She's been the, the young, um, uh, you know, looking for love, uh, you know, the 
princess is the wrong word, but, but now she's married. Now she has a husband. Now she's with child. She is looking to the future, to having a family. She wants her husband home with her. Um, the war was great when it was all a, an abstract concept. The whole notion of revolution was amazing, but now the reality is hitting. They're about to have a child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, 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 uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Paul. Just, I, I, this is the song that really proves that Eliza is more than just, um, I don't know. I, cause I, I figured the Angelica Hamilton relationship would be the one that would be, uh, the real heartbeat of the play. And this is me just listening to, listening to this all, like all pretty much for the first time. Um, it's kind of unexpected to, to have Eliza have this heartfelt moment, but it works for me. I mean, there, it, it turns her into a legitimate character that I really care for. Um, so yeah, again, a very emotional song, a, a great way to end this portion of the play for me and this episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It leaves, a, it leaves us with a bit of a cliffhanger of just, I mean, she says, you know, Hamilton, uh, Wait, let me... Uh, she says, we don't need a legacy. We don't need money. Uh, if I could grant you peace of mind. Right? That's mm-hmm. one of the last things she says in the song. She, she's, she's basically asking him to leave the war behind. Yeah. And, of course, we know Hamilton. We, we know he... <laughs> That's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Uh, but there's this, this plea, this loving plea from Elias. It's like, you know, you have us. I should... I mean... That for for maybe any other man that would be enough, but Hamilton, he has that drive, he has that passion that we've 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 heard him talk about. Um, what's what's one of the lines he always says? Like, there's a million things I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. There's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, that's that's where we left with uh, here at the end of episode two, at the end of this uh, song seventeen, um, a <laughs> a loving plea and tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um so, Paul, status reports. Um I'm still very much liking Hamilton. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's still all working for me. Cool. Um uh and again, thank you Paul. This is this is another episode, another great experience. Um any last words before we give our plugs and and sign off? No, I'm just uh I'm uh, I'm super grateful that this uh that I get included in this project. I love one of my greatest things whenever I get passionate about a, a thing, uh, a piece of work, a piece of art is sharing it with other people and watching them experience it. So I'm absolutely loving uh, getting to sort of be here with you and watch you discover this and, and love it. Hopefully knock on wood <laughs> so far, at least love it. So, so far so good. Yes. Um, I and, and I'm grateful you could be on and just, just guide me through this. Um, again, I'm not, uh, I, maybe I should have mentioned it in the beginning of the episode for people, maybe for, for some reason, jumping in without listening to the past episodes, but yeah, I'm not a huge theater guy and a huge musical guy, <laughs> but Hey, like I do recognize great art and this so far, uh, from what I listened, this is great art and I fully appreciate that. And I am fully connecting with it. Uh, it is really, it's hitting me pretty hard emotionally. <laughs> Which is good. It's good. That's what art's supposed to do. Right. So, yeah, that's where we are at the end of episode two. Uh, 17 songs in. Um, real quick, uh, what are we in store for for episode 
three in the next episode. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to finish out Act One uh, with tracks uh, eighteen through twenty. No, eighteen through twenty-three. Excuse me. That's uh, Guns and Ships. Song eighteen through twenty-three is nonstop, and that will be the end of Act One. That's where we have the intermission before Act Two. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's what you're in for for the next episode. Folks listening, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you made it this far. <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, good for you and, and, and good for us that we've made something you can listen to. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I can ever ask for. Um, Paul, uh, plugs, where can we find you online? Uh, me personally, you can find on uh, that Twitter type thing. I am at uh, Haunt1013. That's H-A-U-N-T-1013. Uh, I also co-host another podcast called Gobbledy Geek. Uh, that's a more or less weekly podcast about, podcast about uh, all things geeky and pop culture and entertainment. And uh, that is on iTunes or it's at gobbledygeekpodcast.com. You can also follow that on Twitter at gobbledygeeks with an S on the end. Uh, and yeah, you can find all of my other stuff either through my Twitter or through my other podcast. There you go. Do that folks. Um, as for me, follow me personally, if you want, um, on Twitter at Marcelo J Pico for classy Jessica Chastain photos. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, follow me. Hey, I'm using Snapchat as of this recording. Um, so I, I, I I do that now. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, I need more attention in my life. (laughs) Uh, same username, Marcelo J. Pico. Of course, follow all of our podcasts on the Talk From Society. Um, this one, I mean, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, retweet on SoundCloud. I'm not sure the, the exact phrasing on that. Share it. Um, also, the Talk From Society podcast. Uh, hey, what you watching? Colorado Streets. Listen to all those. The Sequelizer, Rob Trench's podcast. So many podcasts, so little time. Um, that's the name of that's the name of my, my new podcast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it, folks. Uh, Paul, thanks once again. Uh, can't wait to to talk more Hamilton, uh, and I can't wait for people to listen. Um, did did we have a final uh, uh, like word, like a catchphrase for the end for this? <laughs> we, we we should have come up with something. We should like have come that. up with one. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, folks. Um, uh, don't something shot. <laughs> don't don't throw away your shot. Yeah, know. hey folks, don't throw away your shots. I'm sure other Hamilton podcasts have ended it the same way, <laughs> but this one's special because I'm saying it. Folks, don't throw away that shot. Rise up, rise up. It's time to take a shot. Rise up, rise up. It's time to take a shot.